You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. of WVMM 90.7 The Pulse in the tiny village of Grantham, Pennsylvania. This is the Wave Improvement Leads Home podcast. And now, here's the host of our show, award-winning author and historian John Fia. Thanks, Drew, and welcome to our first episode. Actually, this is episode zero of the Wave Improvement Leads Home podcast. We are glad that you are with us. Uh, as many of you know, we've been blogging at The Way of Improvement Leads Home for about seven and a half years and really have developed a loyal following in that time. I know some of you have heard me speak about the history of the blog and my own blogging experience at The Way of Improvement Leads Home. But the, for those of you who haven't, the blog really began in an attempt to promote my first book, a biography of the 18th century diarist, Philip Vickers Fithian. Uh, if you go back and look at some of the early posts on the blog, that's all I talk about uh, is the book. But since then, the blog, I think, has grown to include daily ruminations on religion, politics, academic life, and a host of other topics, I think, that really have a hard time fitting together, but happen to interest me. Uh, things like Bruce Springsteen, uh, building a writing shed in my own backyard, uh, humor here and there, and whatever else happens to move me uh, on that given day. But in many ways, I think the intellectual heart of the Way of Improvement Leads Home blog has always been American history and historical thinking. Now, think about it. We have heard from close to 200 authors in our Authors' Corner series. We have interviewed dozens of people doing interesting things with their history majors as part of our So What Can You Do With a History Major series. And each week, we bring you a short exploration into some aspect of American history through our virtual office hours videos. And now, we are podcasting. We are conceiving the Way of Improvement Leads Home podcast as a natural extension of the work we are doing at the blog to bring American history-related conversation to bear on our lives together. Episode 1, which will also be the first episode of our spring 2016 season, will launch at the blog and on iTunes on January 16, 2016. We will then be back every other week with a brand new episode through the end of May, and then we'll take the summer off to catch our breath and prepare for the fall 2016 season. So what can you expect on the Way of Improvement Leads Home podcast? Well, just about anything related to American history, the place of history in American life, and the creative ways in which people are using history in our culture today. We plan to tell some good stories from the past, connect the past with the present, and talk with some very interesting people, including authors, history educators, media personalities, and anyone who is engaging with the past in innovative or exciting ways.
My wingman in this new adventure is a guy I've known for a long time. You heard his voice at the beginning of the episode. He is our producer, Drew Durley Hermeling. Good to be working with you, Drew. It's really good to be working with you too, John. I've been really excited about the idea of helping you out on this podcast. It's something I've been thinking about a lot, about how we can be bringing historical thinking to a new medium. Yeah, Drew and I, we go way back. In fact, we both came to Messiah College in the fall of 2002. I think he was a first-year history major from Carlisle, PA. I was a wet-behind-the-ears professor who had just finished a postdoc at Valparaiso University in Indiana. But one of the things I'm excited to be working with Drew is not only my friend, but he's also a jack-of-all-trades. He's a musician. I hear he actually plays a pretty mean ukulele. He's a writer. He's taught uh, social studies for three years at the middle school level. And right now, he is working toward his Ph.D. in early American history at Lehigh University. So, Drew, in order for our listeners to get you to know you a little bit better, tell us, you know, what, what are the kind of things you're interested in as a historian? Well, like you, John, I'm very interested in early American history. In fact, I really started to become interested in colonial America when I was a kid. Now, wait a minute. Didn't you take my Colonial America course? In, indeed I did, and we won't share exactly how well I did. Uh, Who knows what I was assigning back then? I think I was still having you read Perry Miller or something like that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about your research. I'm really interested in the ways in which the British colonists and especially the British administration of the colonies, interacted with Native Americans, especially in that area like the Ohio country, Indiana, mm. and Illinois. You know, it's, it's fascinating. You know, as, as I've been doing this now, I've been an early American historian for 20 years. Some say off and on I've been an early American historian. But the field is changing so much. You know, back when I was in grad school, the colonies were still the sort of 13 British colonies, and the field has so changed. So now you hear graduate students like yourself talking about colonial America or early America in terms of uh, the West. And, and I know there's a lot of interesting work on the Mississippi River Valley and all of these places that, you know, the field has in some ways really transformed. Right. I'm especially interested in looking at how Native Americans were full political participants in, mm. in the British colonies. Um, so often I think we push them off to the side as irrelevant yeah. to the story. And they're, I mean, they're there at all these important conferences, these treaty meetings. Um, so my research looks into the way those, the mechanics of those meetings. Right, right. No, that sounds great. And I'm sure as the, as the seasons here at the Way of Improvement Leads Home podcast go on, we'll hear more about your progress in that area. The big news for Drew is he's actually a new father. Yeah, it's really exciting. My wife and I welcomed our daughter, Nilsa, into the world here in September. And uh, my wife's already gone back to work. She's a teacher. And so I'm staying at home. I'm staying at home dad and continuing to do my graduate work. It's kind of a nice balance because I do a lot of reading, prepare for comprehensive exams. And so I get to spend time at home uh, being the primary caregiver. You know, it's funny. I think I had my first daughter, Allison, almost exactly at the same point in my graduate work uh, that you had you had Nilsa. So it's it's interesting to sort of look back. And I, I was the same thing. I was a stay-at-home dad. My wife worked full-time uh, in education as well. 
Um, and Nilsa, you know, she's becoming a regular at our production meetings. This morning we were in a little coffee shop in Harrisburg, and Nilsa was, uh, you know, let's just put it this way, Drew. She was contributing to the conversation, yeah, right? I, not so much words, but I was swaying back and forth right. trying to help her fall asleep. No, yeah. Unfortunately, it was a little bit disruptive to our meeting and probably disruptive to the whole no, conference. No, I'm, I'm used to it. Probably the best advice I got about being a graduate student and a parent came from uh, Ruth Schwartz Cowan. I was a teaching assistant for her uh, at SUNY Stony Brook when I was in grad school. Some of you may know her work on technology and women's history. She told me, finish the dissertation before your child is mobile. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's good advice. Unfortunately, I'm still a little bit further away from starting my dissertation, but hopefully I get a lot of good work done before uh, Nilsa's moving around too Yeah, much. I, I don't think I made it either in terms of finishing before Allie was able to crawl. Um, I remember some rough times. So some of you, some of you may be wondering, you know, what is the way of improvement leads home? What is this phrase? Why, what does this mean? I remember we had a visitor on campus here at Messiah College a few years ago, and he was an avid reader of the blog, and he was a professor at Hope College out in Michigan. And he said to me, you know, tell me what this phrase means. What is the way of improvement leads home? Um, well, first, I would recommend you to go online and get a copy of the book by that title. Uh, there's my self-promotion for the day. And see how this young man named Philip Vickers Fithian in the 18th century uh, thought about the relationship between improvement or self-improvement uh, and home, how he managed to negotiate his deep love of the rural community that raised him, including the traditions and the sense of rootedness that came with being home, with his ambitions, his passion for self-improvement, his pursuit of education and learning. As I wrote in the book, I think this tension is at the heart of American history and American life, and they are not contradictory ideas. The way of improvement in some cases does lead us home, or sometimes being at home leads us uh, to a life of improvement. In one way or another, we have all bought into the American dream. That is the liberal idea that we can make something of ourselves in this country. We are an ambitious people who are constantly striving, constantly climbing the ladder of success. And we seem to be always discontent with the place, the job, the circumstances in which we find ourselves. But at the same time, we as Americans have traveled this way of improvement. We can often find it difficult to shake the traditions, the culture, and the past that has shaped us. And there are many times, I think, when we don't want to forget those things because they have made us who we are today. Our wanderings as citizens of the world are often balanced with a love for home. So this is the idea at the heart of my book on Philip Vickers Fithian, but I also think it is, to some extent, at the heart of American culture. We live in the present, we want progress, but we often turn to the past as a source to help us move forward. Sometimes when we enter the foreign country of the past, we may even encounter worlds, good worlds, that have been lost. So we hope that the podcast will help you think in a deeper, more nuanced way about the world in which we live, the world that we hope to make, and the world that we have inherited. So as we move back and forth between the past and the present, which can often be a very tiring, if not exhausting, intellectual exercise, we hope you'll join us for the ride. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. 
and may your way of improvement always lead home. This has been a production of The Way of Improvement Leads Home, a blog dedicated to reflections at the intersection of American history, religion, politics, and academic life. Visit us at thewayofimprovement.com. If you want to support our efforts, please rate and review us on iTunes so others can more easily find this podcast. This podcast was recorded at WVMM 90.7 The Pulse in Grantham, Pennsylvania. We want to thank station manager Ed Ark for his support. Original music is by Overholt. I'm your producer, Drew Durley Hermling, and your host is John Fia. Tune in on January 16th as we sit down for a conversation with James Grossman, the executive director of the American Historical Association.